0: Hello, this is Angelica Yengst, and you're listening to Centered, Grounded Conversations About the Metaphysical. Blessed December, it's Angelica Yengst here with your December tarot and earth medicine reading. And I have to tell you that after looking at all the energy, this could be a totally exciting and fun and funny month, or it could be Total, absolute freaking chaos. So I think it really just depends. (laughs) I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but, you know, it's going to be awesome or it's not going to be awesome. We are actually starting December with a lot of the same energy as November because Mars is still in retrograde and it's still in Gemini. But now the sun is in the electric, travel-hungry, knowledge-seeking spontaneous sign of Sagittarius. So when we're in Sagittarius versus Scorpio, we're looking at fire versus water. Scorpio is a pretty deep sign and it deals with death and transformation and all those big changes. Whereas Sagittarius is fun and it's wise. I mean, it's very knowledge seeking. It loves to travel. So don't be surprised if your response to some of this Mars energy is just like, dude, I'm out. And I think also a really good way to approach this is what we call an AA rule 62, which is don't take yourself too damn seriously. Because when the sun is in Sagittarius and we're in a fire sign, we laugh, we make inappropriate jokes. And I think that that's going to be your best medicine for December is to really laugh at all of this stuff, Um, especially with Mars ready to rumble all the time. So if you're wondering why you are still feeling so pissed off, you can continue to blame that on Mars. And we actually, you know, we'll kick off the month with Venus, the planet of love, forming an opposition to Mars retrograde, which basically means that we're talking about the four horsemen of conflict coming into town. And I'm using that, like, from the Gottman Institute. If you guys don't know John Gottman, he is a marriage researcher and marriage therapist. And he's the one who can tell, if, uh, like, by talking to a couple if they're going to stay married. And what he's doing really is looking at these four horsemen, the four horsemen of conflict. So those things are criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. And so, you know, basically welcome Mars retrograde into our marriages (laughs) and into our primary relationships, our friendships, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Each of these has an antidote. Like if you're noticing yourself being really critical of someone else, we're going to try to reframe. For example, we're using I statements, so we're not blaming that person. That's how you reframe a criticism where it's not like, for example, I have misophonia, Misophonia is that certain noises will send me into like a rage. I'm like super sensitive. And I used to think like I was just difficult. And then I realized what this was. It has a name. It's an actual reaction to certain kinds of noises. Uh, Metal on ice, for example, just drives me absolutely bonkers. Like I have to put my hands over my ears and eating like certain kinds of eating but not every day and not every way it often happens when I'm really stressed overtired overworked I basically will be extra sensitive to things and I think a lot of us are we don't quite realize might not be in a misophonic way but we may kind of get stressed or overly tired and then little things bother us So when that's happening to me, you know, I used to think my marriage would be perfect if my husband would just chew properly, but it's not him. It's me. I'm the one with misophonia. He's eating totally fine. So I have to basically breathe and reframe. I could start criticizing the way he's eating, or I could say, like, I'm struggling to be present in this space right now. I need to just step away and regroup. That's I statements, and that's how we kind of deal with that criticism, When we have contempt, we turn it into gratitude. For defensiveness, we take responsibility. For stonewalling, we basically do our self-soothing. So we have all of these things, the four horsemen of conflict coming in, and we know how to fix them. So we're just kind of reframing a lot. So this means we have to put on our big person pants and really think about how am I going to manage my inner rebel my inner defiant teenager how am i going to manage them because mars kind of has these like you know hair triggers um and what we have to do is like reframe a lot of those things so last month we had jupiter go direct which brought some nice lightness coming and on the third of december neptune retrograde comes to an end And now Neptune spends about 23 weeks every year shaking up our perception. Um, So it retrogrades for like 43% of the calendar year. So it's not exactly something that affects us a lot. But when it's in retrograde, it kind of teaches us about how we deceive ourselves and suppress our own fears and all of those things. So when it moves direct, it kind of has a tendency to distort reality a little bit, especially... Uh, putting on some rose colored glasses, which isn't exactly uncomfortable, but we do have to kind of always be managing like how we're seeing things, especially as we're going through this transition period. Now, December 7th, the full moon is in Gemini and it's conjunct with Mars. So the planet of action and confrontation again, who is also retrograding in Gemini. So you got Gemini, Gemini, Gemini <laughs> going on. So on one hand, you have a lot of voice and a lot of ideas and a lot of talking and a lot of creativity. And it has that fiery Mars energy, which is also like that creative spark and getting really fired up about things. And then on the other hand, you have the other side of Gemini who's ready to cut a bitch who's too slow or too incompetent. So this is not a time when we're good at hiding our feelings like our face is our problem right now. It's not a great time for us to try to suffer fools. Like this is a time where we kind of have to say like, I can't deal with that person right now. I'm just going to take this time for me. So the golden rule for this full moon is to practice restraint of pen and tongue. Meaning we're not going to say and write things we're going to regret. Just wait a day or two days before sending the email, writing the note, commenting on your boss's cousin's Facebook post. We're just going to take a moment to clear our head and get out of that passionate Mars full moon energy. I love what Chani Nicholas says about this month. She says, ultimately, the sun in Sagittarius craves wide open spaces. So find all the places in your life where you can claim a bigger dose of independence and trust your inspiration. Chasing what lights you up reconnects you with the exuberant pulse of life itself that's positive, right? Come on, you can see the positive. (laughs) So let's see what else is going on in the night sky for this month. Venus on the 9th moves into Capricorn and away from Mars retrograde, which is positive, because that really is going to help us see our relationship as a partnership. And that's whether it's romantic or business, things will feel a little more productive. Because when Venus moves into Capricorn, it's kind of that Focused energy. It gets things done. December 20th, Jupiter, the planet of adventure and expansion and good luck and abundance, will re-enter Aries. And that's really invigorating as well. Reset your energy. Reset your creativity. It's really great. And then right after this, the sun moves into Capricorn on December 21st. So it will square off with Jupiter and Aries and that is really great for setting intentions looking at goals and achieving them we're also moving into the sun sign of Capricorn and the new moon will be in Capricorn on the 23rd of December so it's really a good time for laying down the foundation of the next chapter of your life so Capricorn is not about taking shortcuts it's not about like going the easy way around things it tries to like play by the rules it's ruled by Saturn so it has a tried and true method for a reason and it follows it and it does um, all of the things in a row at the right time which is great and for me <laughs> it's am a Capricorn um, but really it is good for like setting those intentions and getting things done and really seeing your way through things but hey let's not get too comfortable earthling in the earth sign of Capricorn because on the 29th Mercury stations retrograde, it also is in Capricorn. So, you know, that's going to be the little, you know, twist of trying to stay focused on that new year, new me kind of thing. So it may be important for you to kind of lower expectations after the 29th. Um, and just kind of like take each step forward. So that real great work is going to be done on the new moon on the 23rd and then moving through for that whole week until Mercury goes retrograde. Um, Just remember, like, with Mercury retrograde, our mind and our inner dialogue are a lot more active and loud and it wants to be noticed. So when we're expressing ourselves, it can be really hard because we start talking about things that may or may not be true. So I thought it was interesting to pull a a fun rebel deck card, the one that always manages to insult us in the best way possible. And it definitely didn't fail. And I think it really connects with this like mercury retrograde idea, which is that the message is get the fuck out of your head and into your heart because it misses you. (laughs) So alrighty then we'll just use that as a mantra when we're thinking too much about what happened in line at the market and what you should have said to that person or, um, like today, my friend called me to ask how I was doing and I was working and overwhelmed and I was like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. And it really did not sound convincing. It sounded like I was being held hostage and they were like, tell the camera you're fine. I'm fine. You know, so <laughs> uh, maybe I wasn't okay and maybe she's overthinking it. Maybe I'm overthinking it. So I when I like kind of moved back into my heart and I was like, Oh, why am I thinking about this still? I thought I just sent her a message that thank you for checking on me. I love you. Cause I do. I love that she checked on me. I just want to make sure she knows that and that she knows it's not her, that it's just me being overwhelmed with my life and all of that. So, you know, it's like when we notice ourselves getting in our head, we're just asking ourselves, How do I move this to my heart? How do I actually feel about this right now? Because sometimes those things aren't coming through or matching up. So what I pulled next was the tarot card of the month. And the tarot card this month is one of the most paradoxical, strange cards in the tarot. It's the hanged man. And the hanged man is a very interesting card. And I'm going to tell you a story. It's it's a story I've never told. It's not a pleasant story. But every time I see this card, I think of this story. So I'm going to tell you because it seems important. So when I was 20, I got married to someone who I fell in love with, who was also very young. It was impulsive. It literally was like, do you want to get married tomorrow? Yes. OK, we got married. I don't know. 30 years ago now. <laughs> so, um, we were young. We were young artists, revolutionaries, and we rejected a lot of like societal, religious relationship gender norms we were punk rock and we were both latinx and we were both artists so one day i'm at the theater where he is acting and i help build sets and run lights and do those kind of things and he didn't show up when he was supposed to and this was a time before cell phones, so i was just like i don't know where he is and i started getting a little frightened and concerned and angry and all that kind of stuff and then i go home with a bunch of drug adult actor types and i'm just waiting for hours for him while everybody's like doing their thing and he's not coming and finally he comes in with a girl and it's somebody i knew before anything is said i know and i know like i know my own name i know like i know my mother <laughs> i know that they they had sex okay and I sort of got like deliriously panicked, right? And I have to say, like, this was less than three months after we had gotten married on a whim and I was just young and dumb and all of the cliches. So when I realized that happened, I basically like looked back and forth between them and then just walked into the backyard and hung by my knees from the clothesline. I don't know what that reaction was all about. I just needed to get out of there. And then I just like pulled myself up, got on my <laughs> put my knees over the top and just hung there. And my ex-husband came out and said, what are you doing? And I said, I am just getting another perspective and clearing my mind. And by the way, hanging upside down makes me feel happy. And then he said, are you unhappy? And I said, I am very unhappy. And that was it. That's all we said. And of course, later he admitted that my psychic instinct was true. So... When I see The Hangman, I always think of that moment of like psychic knowledge and that hit. And that moment right before you have actual confirmation on what you suspect. I don't know. There's like that liminal period <laughs> before, before you actually know, but after you didn't know anything. Okay, there's that period And it can be short and it can be long, whatever that is, but it's a let's go hang upside down for a while and get another damn perspective. What's interesting about The Hanged Man is that just about every damned thing in this card is interesting because it comes after justice and before death. And so after justice, so justice is the 11 card and this basically weighs... Your soul against your actions. Do you know what I mean? Like you're coming into justice, going, we need to write the balances. But then you have to think, like, who is doing the judging, right? Like in this racist society, do you ever get a fair trial if you're black? Do you ever get a fair fair trial if you're Native or Latinx or trans? Like when you're thinking about that, then you kind of look at justice and say like, okay, we're going to weigh all of these parts of yourself against your actions in the world. So that hangman basically is like, hey, wait, hold on. I just got judged by that guy. So you get hung upside down and the card is far from a condemnation of it's the hangman is graceful and enlightened and downright elegant in its upside downedness. Kind of reminds me of the Krishnamurti quote It's no measure of health to be well adjusted to a profoundly sick society. So if you're condemned by a society, is it good or bad if we think of the society as sick? And so it's kind of like the moral dilemma of the man who can't get a job, who steals food for his pregnant wife and children. Which is morally less evil, stealing the food or living in a society that doesn't feed its poor. And so we kind of are sitting at that hangman viewpoint, the perception is turned upside down. And we're kind of looking at society now and going like, oh wait, I'm not upside down. You're upside down. Right. So it often comes for those people that don't quite fit in anywhere. Now, one of the things that, you know, I'm telling you this awful story about my I pass, but the truth is like that was important to me to kind of separate myself from the physical situation, hang upside down and think. I needed to kind of clear my head. And I think that the idea of the hangman is that enlightenment is from his perspective. It's not being made to be part of a dominant upright perspective. So many of us in this metaphysical community can feel like the hangman of their family. We can feel like the ones that are being hung upside down while our family are like judging us, you know. You're the bad child. The We are the black sheep of our family, the hanged men of our family, and we found our herd of other black sheep or other condemned men. And we're all upright. <laughs> so it's interesting to note as well, that the name the hangman refers to someone who has been condemned to death. So, and, and Rachel Pollock is the one who kind of points us out, and we talk about it, uh, Kira and I, in one of the episodes where we talk about the hangman. But hung is the usual past tense of hang, right? But you don't call it the hung man, because that would that would kind of make it sound like he was laundry. But the hanged man indicates that he has been condemned to death, and traitors were executed upside down. So I've always wondered what he's betraying, society or himself. And I always think it's kind of the former that society is condemning him, the way it condemned the wise women who served as midwives and they were burned and condemned as witches or the gay men who were condemned as aberrant and the trans people as misguided and whatever it is, you know, that the dominant society has condemned our society changes and what becomes a dominant idea becomes now very fringe. As we can see how the hangman becomes vindicated over time, but it doesn't help in the moment when we're feeling persecuted in some ways. So one of the things that most people first notice with the hangman is how relaxed he looks, even though he's being hung. How enlightened he is, this corona of like enlightenment. And I think that that means that he's comfortable with himself no matter what position he's in. Whereas the society is the one condemning him and hanging him. Now, Rachel Pollock makes also another connection with the world card and the 12 and 21 symmetry and how when we're at the hangman place in our journey, because we're thinking of this as the fool's journey, right? We start at the fool and move our way through all of the cards. When we get to this middle point, this 12 point, It's really a time when we can see some great truths of our life. So it's a stopping point. It's a time to hang upside down and really get a good perspective on things. Like who's messed up now? So we're going through the trials of building our ego up in the early part of the major arcana. And now we're reckoning with who we think we are and who we are and who we know ourselves to be. And then spiritually who we want to be. And that's really where the hangman is. He is like judging whether who is way, who is judging him in justice. And then he's judging whether he agrees with that. I remember the upside downness of my own experience and how I knew my life was never going to be the same after the truth had been spoken. And so when I ran outside to hang upside down, first of all, that's kind of an immaturity thing. You know, I was just avoiding, but Also, it felt odd and off being in a place of everyone knowing without knowing, like all those people that I had gone home with because I didn't have a ride, because my husband didn't show up, like all of them knowing and no one saying anything like, dude, your husband's having an affair on you, right? And then to have them come in together and just being told without being told, so we hang there four minutes suspended between two things up and down past and future the society and the truth our perception and the the reality and the next step on the journey is death and that's the 13 card and and you know the hangman is the 12 card so we we then have to kind of come in and say i have to let something die i have to let some part of myself die for full rebirth and understanding of the ways in which I've been 180 degrees different from my community, my marriage, my family of origin, society. I mean, the hangman is upside down. And that's the same position as birth. You know, you're kind of coming out of a proverbial womb for rebirth in the death and temperance cars. Death is the journey through that canal, through the darkness and fear into the next place. And temperance is like the rebirth of of peace, So temperance is a rebirth of peace and new emotional balance. And I can hear you say, Angie, this is so interesting, but what does it all mean? Yeah, I I don't know. And that's part of the point of the hangman is that we get new perspectives. We get confused. Our life gets turned upside down. We're in between two things. Maybe we don't have to suffer and sacrifice unless we want to. But maybe we just need to look at things a little differently from a different perspective. And when we ask for our view to be broadened, we often will find ourselves in these kind of uncomfortable positions of being upside down. When we want clarity, we get it. But the ones that we need, the positions that we need to be in are for our growth and rebirth. So I think the energy of Mars retrograde can really give us a feeling of being stuck of seeing, you know, of seeing the world one way, of being angry about it not being the way we want it to be, of doing things without considering that there may be an upside-down perspective. And the enlightenment around the truth comes this month, I think. maybe comes with the discomfort. It, It often comes with the way of truth. When we think of the way of truth, especially in this day and age where, you know, when we had the 2016 election, we argued the actual truth of things like we argued what truth was like two different truths existed and they still do exist in the United States but it's the truth we think we know versus the actual truth and which is going to kill us faster the truth we think we know you know so we're asking for enlightenment we're asking for clarity December is going to be about dancing with this liminal space of up and down and up and down so maybe just try hanging upside down a little and see what happens and you can pull out your gravity boots you don't have to be so uncomfortable but it is important for whatever this next phase is to get different perspectives to think about like am i wrong or is society messed up maybe society is right and i'm wrong (laughs) those are the kind of questions we ask ourselves when we're getting the hangman And then also when I said, you know, I have no idea what it all means, that's part of the medicine of the hangman is that we're in between. We're in between two phases. We don't always see the clarity yet. And that might be part of the medicine of the hangman is just not to get it exactly yet. So, you know, as we are working with the hangman for December, I asked the allies to come in and I pulled cards. And the first card that came out is probably our most misunderstood ally The vulture is coming in to bring the medicine of purifying, cleansing, and transmuting. So we're going to try to see things from another perspective with vulture. Like, is it gross just because it's dead? I mean, even vultures have standards, right? (laughs) They won't eat really, really dead things. But I felt called, actually, I pulled vulture, but I felt called, and I feel called, to work with Condor this month in Journey for getting a higher perspective transmuting releasing and working with some of that south american medicine and the medicine wheel so then i kind of asked what um stone medicine can come in and i got three very grounding stones so i think you know thinking about the earth and thinking about grounding is going to be important so pyrite is one of our medicines of the month they call it fool's gold right it is gold colored it looks metallic It holds very masculine energy, but it has that vitality, will, manifestation, creativity. And I think probably the most powerful use is through confidence. It is a natural cube, so it it grows in a cube, and it has that kind of stability and strength that brings it a perfect ally to doing work of overcoming fear, understanding the self, and bringing in confidence. The next one is hematite, and hematite has a similar energy. It is also a grounding stone. It's really great for grounding, protection, EMF, manifestation. It is an iron base, so it's ferromagnetic, and so is pyrite. So they're both really great for protection, for auric work, um, meaning like EMF protection, protecting the aura, protecting the energy field, grounding. It's kind of a, a must-have for shielding your energy. And, and pyrite works that way as well. And then the last stone is petrified wood. And petrified wood is actually a fossil. But when it forms... Okay, so a, a tree will fall over and the plant material is buried by sent, sediment. Not sentiment, that's something different. Sediment and protected from decay due to oxygen and organisms. So it allows for a kind of petrification... And then the groundwater, which is really rich in dissolved solids, flows through the sediment, replacing the original plant material with silica. It can sometimes replace it with calcite or pyrite or some other inorganic materials, such as opal or, um, you know, I think opal and silica dioxide, the stuff of quartz, is usually most likely, but sometimes you'll have it like a, a jasper or a gar- um, an agate which are both silica dioxide anyway. So the result of is a fossil, and it has the original woody material is preserved. So you'll see like what the bark was shaped like, what the wood was shaped like. You'll even see like holes in it. Some specimen of petrified wood are so accurate that people don't realize that they're stone until they pick them up. And I think it's like, it's kind of, like a misnomer to say, like the wood turns into stone it 's not like that it when it decays, it gets replaced by um, this sil- this rich silicon dioxide liquid that then turns it into a chalcedony. so a lot of the preservation is almost perfect, and those specimens um, look like. Bark and wood and I have a couple pieces and they're just so beautiful and I love working with them so they it really works well with the root chakra and is associated with earth and grounding so petrified wood is a stone of like deep roots it doesn't ever lose that tree connection it has that ancient ancestral knowledge and the knowledge of the earth and the knowledge of the old ones it works for transformation and transmutation and it connects with like earth medicine like it is maybe like I would say the symbol of earth medicine in a lot of ways um, because it has like plant medicine and stone medicine coming together so I use it for grounding I use it for strength I use it to reawaken one's inherent wisdom and knowledge and in terms of medicine it's a stone of grounding and evolution now, our plant medicine is actually a tree as well. The quaking aspen came in with the medis- with the message, we are all one. Aspens may look like individual, but they're actually all connected by a clonal colony. So the original plant will send out underground suckers, and then those will grow up. And so they're all connected under the earth. And so aspen groves are considered the largest and oldest organisms on earth as the roots connect under the earth and you know a lot of healers and energy workers visualize the earth star chakra doing this as well like almost being like that root connection between all living beings and all humans so with aspen we're asked to dispel that myth of separation Um, so when we're getting that upside down look at society we have to also remember like that person was a baby once and they had all of the you know potential of the baby and I often will do that like if I can't forgive someone I'll try to forgive their baby-ness like what I try to forgive them when they were a baby and that's very easy to do because babies are cute and sweet and all of that so um, when we work with Aspen we work with that idea of being connected to all living things and maybe that's the balm we need in December so I will talk to you again for our midwinter or winter solstice reading and many blessings for a drama-free December. Thanks for listening to Centered with me, Angie Yankst. If you'd like to send me a question or comment about this show or any shows, you can send them to angie at themoonandstone.com.